0: this is the turn on the jets podcast
1: with the third pick in the 2018 nfl draft the new york jets select sam Darnold, oh.
0: quarterback usc what should the jets expect from you
1: um a lot of wins and now here's your host joe Caporoso. what's up everybody um this is the turn on the jets podcast as you can hear uh, the boss, Joe Caporosso, is out this week. Um, congrats to him on his, on his newborn baby boy. Uh, I am Greg Armstrong. I'm right here at Turn on the Jets. I handle all the things on the Turn on the Jets. Instagram, at Turn on the Jets underscore IG. And I am joined today by Dan Essien, also with us at Turn on the Jets. Dan, how are you doing today?
0: Yo, what's going on? I'm doing good. How you
1: doing? I, I would be doing a lot better if the Jets won, had won, uh, yesterday. But, true. That's neither here nor there. Before we get started, uh, we have two sponsors. The first, Game Day Tailgate Experience. If you're going to the Jets-Jags game in Jacksonville on September 30th, check out the Ultimate Game Day Tailgate Experience. Uh, Fireman Ed will be there in person. They have food, open bar, uh, all you can eat. It's all-inclusive. It's a four-hour pregame party. Jets and Jags fans are both welcome to the, to the event. There will be TVs to watch the pregame. There will be live music and entertainment. It's family friendly. They'll also be auctioning off Jets and Jaguars memorabilia. Um, So if you are going to the game on September 30th in Jacksonville, go to gtepresents.com for more info on that. If you're not going to the game in Jacksonville on September 30th and you are in the, the New Jersey, New York area, come to Willie McBride's for our Turn on the Jets watch party we had one for, for Jets-Giants, uh, the third preseason game. It was fun. Me, Joe, Connor Rogers, uh, Clayton Smarslock, were all there. It'll be, it'll be a fun time. They have a ton of good specials, food and drink. Um, it's in the back room. So if you're not going to the Jacksonville Jets game, come hang with us at Willie McBride's. Have some drinks. Have some food. We'll watch some football. Hopefully a Jets win. Uh, we'll be doing a podcast after the game. So, come to that, it's really fun, and come hang with us and watch some football. Alright, now that all the housekeeping is out of the way, the Jets lost to the Dolphins 20-12 on in their home opener. It was a hot, it was a muggy day at MetLife. Um, the stadium, was, by all accounts, was just a regular other day at MetLife. There, there was talk that this was going to be such the, a loud opener since the New England home opener way back when. It was yep. supposed to be a raucous crowd. But when the game actually started, and I don't know if it was the heat, I don't know if it was just starting off, you know, inside their own twenty for like the first god knows how many possessions, the the crowd just wasn't it wasn't anything spectacular. It just felt like a normal Jets home game. Um Fireman Ed was brought back. Again, it didn't really do much for the crowd. Um I mean it was it was still a fun atmosphere, but the Jets get down seven nothing. Uh, Donald throws a pick, uh, after that really like it, it just seemed, it didn't seem like they were out of it, but it didn't seem like they were going to win it at all. Um, they got the, the fumble recovery, Jordan Jenkins, and then Donald throws the interception in the back of the end zone, which has been talked about at nauseum today about whether Terrell Pryor is lazy or if that was just a bad route or what's, what have you, um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't really seem like the Jets were going to win, but it didn't seem like the game was completely out of reach. It was that weird middle ground. Yeah. Um, I don't. know. What are your thoughts on on yesterday's game, Dan?
0: Yeah, it's exactly like you're saying. It just it felt like, you know, it felt like both teams were kind of just like running in cement after a while. <laughs> uh, like the game just really slogged down, uh, particularly in that like uh third quarter right after that uh the red zone interception uh that darnold threw. It just it felt like neither team wanted to win at that point. <laughs> uh the Dolphins were like readily trying to give the game away. Uh but the Jets just couldn't capitalize. The penalties kept mounting up. Uh it was just it was a l it was a long game. It was a rough game. I can definitely understand how, you know, the fans felt a little bit because, you know, there wasn't a lot to get the uh to get momentum on, on the Jets side. It seemed like whenever anything good would happen whenever they got a good break, you know, it just seemed to just fizzle out. So, uh, yeah, it, it was, a it was a tough game. Uh, there were some positives, but, um, it just, it felt like everything, you know, was getting back to what we feared the expectation, uh, or what we feared the Jets uh would be this season, uh, in terms of how they stacked up with the rest of the AFC East and, uh, yeah, you definitely you definitely would hope that they'd look better against a divisional rival like the Dolphins, but it, it felt a lot like last season.
1: Yeah, and coming into this game, we'll start we'll start with the offense first. Coming in after the Detroit game, where they ran the ball very well with Crowell and Powell, um Darnold looked very good, only the five incompletions, the pick six, but he also had two touchdowns on that one. Mm. We knew that this Miami front four was very good, especially with Robert Quinn and Cameron Wake. The ageless Cameron Wake um and then coming into today, the they or coming into the game Sunday, it felt like they were gonna have to establish some sort of run game to get Darnold going. Um but the run game just wasn't there. It was non existent. The Jets offensive line, as as many on our site have talked about, including uh, Joe Blue, who seems to be leading the charge on that one since preseason. Yeah. This offensive line is just not very good. I think it's at its peak, it's an average offensive line. And at its peak, I think it's going to be like the Detroit game last Monday night. The Crowell and Powell couldn't really get anything going in the run game. Crowell had maybe a, a handful of, of good runs the entire game. Uh, Powell didn't do much in the run game. In the receiving game, I thought he did fairly well. He had the, he had the one touchdown in the game. Uh, Darnold was facing pressure the entire game. And. Granted they're going up against Robert Quinn and Cameron Make, it's Cameron Wake, it's not really a, a cupcake defensive line. And I thought the Jets did a, a fairly good job at neutralizing those guys, but the whole the whole time Darnold was under uh, immense pressure. Um I thought Darnold handed it very well. He had the uh the one pick where he didn't see the safety on the Anunwa slant, uh, which is going to happen. With Darnold we we you got to expect these rookie mistakes. He's going to learn from these um, as I think as we can, if we can keep these turnovers to non backbreakers I mean, the prior one was a, a pretty big backbreaker coming off of a turnover and getting that good a field position. But if we can keep these turnovers to non-backbreaking turnovers, I think the Jets are, are in a good spot. Um, more on Donald in the first half. It's, it didn't seem like he was himself. It seemed like he, he looked like a rookie in the first half. He had to, yeah. a couple good throws, a couple of misses. Um, the 1-2 Inunua in the back of the end zone was a killer at the end of the first half. Uh, just put a little too much on it. The, the, the end of the first half to Herndon was one of the more frustrating plays that I've seen from the Jets in, in a while. Um, that throw, I'm okay with hitting Herndon right there. Uh, it's tough because you have Rashad Jones beating down on you, um, who is known as a thumper. But... Herndon f- end up ends up fumbling it. Can't get right in. Uh, Pryor just stands there like a like a helpless soul. Um, <laughs> all I wanted for him to do was just hit somebody, just get somebody exactly. out of the way for Herndon to get in. Um, but that and then in the second half, Donald kind of found his groove. Like he was hitting some he was hitting some really good throws. Yeah. Um, the receivers on the other hand were not catching some of his very good throws. The the one to Herndon where he rolled out left, threw it on the run on the money to Herndon. I mean, me and you could have made those catches. Yeah. Could have made that catch. The one to <laughs> Pryor on third and 22, um, Rich Gannon said he should have dumped it down and, and checked it down to, to make it an easier field goal. From what I saw on the broadcasting uh, angle, I mean, we'll have to wait for the coaches film, but from what I saw on the broadcasting angle, there was no one to check it down to in that area. Um, right. That was a dime to Pryor, who didn't really have a good game, um, should have caught that one. Instead, the Jets have to settle for a field goal. Um, and then after that, it Miami just kind of slowly but surely took the Jets' will away by running the ball. Tannehill, they, they just couldn't stop the read option. But yeah, I thought the offense looked okay. Um, I don't. One thing I, that's I'm beginning to question, and, it, and maybe it's a little premature. I don't know how you feel about this. Darnold is is not looking for Robbie Anderson really at all. Uh, maybe that comes with yeah. time. Uh, Quincy had another huge target game. I think he had 12 uh, targets again this week. But it, it seems to be it's it's Quincy. Um, Pryor had a, a good bunch of targets, but it seems more of just Quincy's his safety blanket, which is a good safety blanket to have. Right. But when you have a guy like Robbie Anderson on the outside, I would like to see Donald look his way a little bit more.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's like you said, Noon was the safety blanket, and he's as good a safety blanket as you could have, you know. But the problem is like, you know, somebody like Robbie Anderson, uh, you have to be aware of, you know, where he is on the field and what route he's running at all times. And a lot of the times he's not the, th- the first read, he's not the second read. Um, but, you know, with his speed, he's going to get open even on like throwaway routes where the, you know, coach is like, you know what, run a clear out make sure somebody can get, can get open underneath. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's roasting, you know, the top corner on the team and he's wide open, like 30 yards downfield, you know, calling for the ball, but he's like the third or fourth read, uh, you know, so it's, it's hard. And I, uh, I mentioned it in uh, the let's get weird, uh, article for week one, which is that, um, McCown took a couple of weeks before he started to have a really good rapport with Anderson, before he started to really look his way more often. Um, and I think it's going to be similar with Darnold. Um, and it's even uh, more of a, I wouldn't say an issue, but more of a, I guess, long-term concern because uh, Anun was there. Because uh, there's somebody there on the team that can make plays consistently, is always going to get open underneath and over the middle, um, and is going to kind of take that t- attention away from Anderson um, so I think, I think the coaches will kind of try to incorporate Anderson more into the offense eventually. Um, and I'm sure they know <laughs> how frustrating it is for him. Uh, and you know, with the, you know, a couple of ups that he had last year, the spiking of the helmet thing that everybody was like super upset about last season. Um, but that was just like built up frustration from him doing his job and getting open uh, but really never getting looked at. So, you know, obviously if that's happening again after such a great season that he had last year, he's not going to be too happy about that. But, you know, it's week two. Things can definitely change. I'm sure the coaches are going to see it on, uh, you know, see the ways that he was schemed open on film and try to uh, see if they can get in the ball more often. Um, but, yeah, he he <laughs> he's definitely someone that can enhance the offense if they figure out ways to, to you know, get him some balanced looks and more targets um, other than Anderson, the offense looked, uh, the offense was very kind of imbalanced. You know, the offensive line really, like you said, made things really rough for the entire team. Uh, the penalties, uh, the, you know, just lack of blocking, particularly in the interior. Spencer Long, Brian Winters, and James Carpenter just did not have a good game at all. They were getting whipped on, uh, especially uh, on inside runs. Uh, they only had 14 yards rushing, just not good enough at all. Uh, Donald was running for his life. Uh, and I think everyone now has a greater appreciation of Neil Sterling <laughs> mm-hmm. now that he's hurt. Uh, and we saw, you know, the, the type of game that Herndon had. Uh, I think we all understand that like, uh, Neil Sterling might, really might be the top tight end on the team. And throughout the preseason, they were kind of treating him like that. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Neil Stern's getting so many targets. I wonder what's going on. I want to see more Herndon. And then we see more Herndon and we're like, okay, yeah, uh, let's go back to Neil Stern. <laughs> uh, so hopefully he, he heals up from the concussion uh, fairly soon. But uh, yeah, we, he, he definitely, uh, he's he's a player that's worth a lot more than I think fans thought uh, to begin with. But yeah, the offense had a really, really up and down day, mostly down. Um, and you just hope that they can improve on it. Uh, but it's, I think the good news is that somebody like Sam Darnold uh had a game in which, you know, they fell down and they fell down a lot uh early uh and he had to kind of try to throw his way out of it and he didn't look like a you know, he didn't look like a deer in headlights in the second half uh for the most part. Um you know, he he was comfortable trying to throw his way back into the game which is something that you want to see. You don't want to be scared to give him more than 30 pass attempts. You know you want to be able to trust him, uh, and it seems like the Jets do already. And hopefully he can uh, he can build on the performance he had.
1: Yeah, and I think it, uh, it's a good testament to this coaching staff and to Jeremy Bates, who Donald's had two game two games in a row where he's had the early interceptions. And right. when we in years past we would see whoever the offensive coordinator was with a young QB, they'd immediately shut it down. They would shrink the playbook it would end it would almost end up being an anemic run run pass punt kind of situation <laughs> yeah. for these quarterbacks and it's it's credit to the coaching staff to see that hey Darnold is special he he's gonna st- he's not gonna get too high on the highs and he's not gonna get too low on the lows and they get him out of the pocket they get him moving they get him comfortable and it's not the, we're not seeing them resort back to shrinking the playbook for him um more on Darnold, I thought he played pretty well. Like I said, he's going to have his mistakes. Uh, the prior interception is not on him. That's more on Prior. Pryor already apologized to him um, after the player after the game, I think. Um, but yeah, Darnold looks every bit the quarterback that you want him to be at this point. Um, while I said at the top that this game didn't really feel like the Jets were out of it, but they didn't really feel like they were in it, having Darnold, um, it, you got that feel that there could there's, there was potential for a play to happen. And in years past with quarterbacks, it was almost of, well, this game's over, but if a play happens, like, I'll be happy about it. With Darnold, it seemed like every drive he was getting more confidence, more confidence, taking more chances, and you kind of got the feel, hey, one of these plays might break. Um, I thought he looked good for the pressure that he was under. Um, he looked very good rolling out, throwing on the run, obviously that one to Herndon. Uh, hurts, but I thought he looked good under, under pressure and he wasn't phased by being down 20 to nothing, uh, early. Um, but yeah, I thought I, if I had to grade it, I mean, my report card is going to come out uh Tuesday morning, but I, I, I would have to, I'd say like a B minus the two picks hurt. But like I said, he looked, he looked every bit, the quarterback that you want him to be at 21 years old and in his second game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the keys. Twenty-one years old, man. <laughs> like some some of the most important players on the Jets are younger than a lot of players that are gonna be coming out in the draft next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams is only twenty-two. Um, and they are they're playing very well for their age. They are playing like they're more experienced than their age. Uh, but you know, it's it's a collective effort and you don't want guys like Uh, you know, Beecham or Carpenter or, you know, any of the, any of the players that are veterans that are supposed to be kind of leaders kind of acting like, you know, they're, they're young guys, you know, like the two consecutive false starts, you know, just like general lack of focus. It seemed like, like you want those veterans to be kind of leading the way and encouraging guys like Darnold and Adams to kind of play beyond their years, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so let's switch over to the defense since we were just talking about Jamal Adams. Uh, they didn't have a, a terrible game, I didn't think, but they did. It, I mean, it's the same for the whole team. Not a terrible game, but not a great game. Right. Um, it, they couldn't really get the stop when they when they needed it in the end. Uh, Tannehill and and credit to the Dolphins, like they they saw that the Jets just couldn't stop this this read option, these quarterback runs, and they were killing them on the outside. Frank Gore had a pretty good game for, to the to the inside, but. Main takeaways from this defense, Dan. Well, what did, what did you see uh, from this Jets defense on Sunday?
0: Yeah, I mean they they were dealt a pretty you know rough hand in the first half with the constant bad field position mm-hmm. uh, because of the turnover,s uh, so it's like you can't really get on them too much uh, for you know how quickly they got down um, because it, it was. Great field position, really, for the Dolphins on both uh, both of their uh, first uh, two scores. But, I mean, the defense did well at points. They had four sacks. Uh, they were getting pressure on the quarterback. And this is something that we've been, you know, kind of begging the Jets to figure out. Um, and, you know, Todd Bowles and Casey Rogers kind of started to figure out something Uh, In terms of getting pressure on the quarterback and it's actually working, you know, this is two straight weeks that they've been able to frustrate, uh, you know, the offensive line and get to the quarterback. But the problem is that on these like major, major downs and major positions in the game, uh, a lot of the times they weren't getting stops or they were uh, having penalties called on them, you know, holdings, uh, face masks and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Buster Screen had a brutal, uh, holding penalty. Morris Claiborne had a, a brutal holding penalty. Uh, you know, the Dolphins were six of 13 on third down. That's like not good enough at all. <laughs> uh, personally, I just don't, I don't think the Dolphins are a good enough offense, uh, you know, for them to be converting that consistently on third down against you. And, uh, you know, the Jets, obviously, week one was, you know, the ideal performance, but, uh, you know, the, the, the the Lions are still an NFL team, uh, and once something got put on tape for the Jets, you know, obviously that makes things a little more challenging, but you saw in that game in spurts that they're capable of better, uh, you know, than they than they displayed. So um, you want to get those stops on third down. You want to get, uh, you know, the Dolphins off the field. Uh, the second half uh, turnovers were just as much on the Dolphins as they were, as it was the Jets getting pressure. The Jenkins, uh, you know, the fumble of from Tannenhill that uh, eventually led to the Sam Darnold interception. Uh, Tannenhill just, like, it looked like it just dropped out of his hand. Um, there was the bad snap that the Jets recovered. Uh, you know, so those things weren't really as much the Jets causing it as much as it was the Dolphins kind of literally trying to give them the game. Uh, but, yeah, you want you want to see the Jets kind of dominating that kind of offense um you know for an entire four quarters because really I don't think the Dolphins had anything special to offer offensively in that game and the Jets kind of just uh you know kind of let them control things a little bit too much um and again like you said anytime you see Tannenhill running like 15 yards downfield it just you get upset because you just it shouldn't be that way <laughs> yes he was a wide receiver in college yes he's fast he's athletic uh but it's, you know, it's it's the read option we've seen in the NFL. It's been in the NFL for a while now. You know, the Jets saw it in the first half and then they saw it in the second half and they still weren't stopping it. you know So you want to see, uh you know, Casey Rogers and Todd Bowles uh, adjusting on the fly a little bit better. But uh, they did shut them out in the second half. Uh, they looked OK, <laughs> but I think they're capable of better.
1: Yeah, it's it, we have to temper our expectations, especially coming from from Week One in Detroit, where they had five interceptions, um, the defensive touchdown from Darren Lee, the part return touchdown from out. We have to just settle, they have to settle down a little bit because yeah. this it, they came back to earth against Miami. Um, I don't well, I don't think this is a Jets defense we're going to see. Let's say Week Ten, um, it's closer. They they regress to the mean a little bit against Miami. Uh, I thought Leonard Williams had a quietly good game. Uh, he seemed to be disrupting things, mainly at will. Uh, Henry Anderson had the sack, which was very nice to see after basically knocking Matthew Stafford out of the game, or what should have knocked Matthew Stafford out of the game, a couple times last week against the Lions. Um, yeah. Adams got some good pressure when he needed it. Brandon Copeland, great game from him. He had the sack. He had a second sack that was negated by, I think it was a of screen penalty. Um, they 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 seemed to be getting good pressure on Tannehill. Um the secondary, they didn't really get killed. I mean, Tannehill didn't have a, a phenomenal game. He had 168 yards passing, but he did have the two touchdowns. Um, but yeah, this this defense, it, it it is what it is. Like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to deal with uh, the lapses in coverage where guys are getting beat. Um, they, they seem to get beat a lot on the outside by these quick Miami receivers. I will say, yeah. I will give them credit. They didn't let Kenny Stills beat them over the top, which was something that that I was worried about um, coming into this game because he just he has the potential, or he has the potential to do that. That's what he does. Right. Um, but yeah, like this, they they just couldn't stop the run, which you knew was going to come from Miami. Um, they had the game plan on him, and then just seeing Tannehill. Snatch your soul from from this game. Uh, the Frank Gore completion on on third and nineteen was a backbreaker. There was no one within like twenty yards of him, which was which was frustrating to see. Um, but yeah, I thought that, I thought they got pretty good pressure on on Tannehill. You can see the lack of the edge rusher. It's it's not as bad as everyone stated, but you ideally you'd like to see an edge rusher. You'd hope to get some consistent pass rush from Brandon, from a Brandon Copeland, from a Frankie Louvu instead of having these guys have a good game and then going into the next week just be non-existent.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's cool to see Copeland and Louvoo, uh kind of showing why the coaching staff gave them so many opportunities in the preseason. Uh, you know, like they're kind of flashing every now and then. But like you said, it's, it's hard to do a, a rotation, you know, especially – At outside linebacker and, you know, as a basically pass rushing end uh, because you want somebody to be able to do that on every, you know, every third and long or every second and long. You want somebody that's, that you know, is a, you know, guaranteed to have speed off the edge or put pressure from one side so you can kind of plan around your defense, uh, you know, in in every other area. Uh, And that's like, that's the gift that so many teams have with guys like, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, um, or, you know, obviously Khalil Mack, guys like that, they know, hey, at, in this one spot, wherever he is on the field, I'm going to get pressure, you know, where, uh, whereas the Jets now they have to kind of scheme their way to the quarterback or kind of hope that somebody decides to show up, you know, and that's difficult, but, you know, a few players have been, uh, you know, showing that they can get it done every now and then. So I think it's a better situation than we thought, which is, which is nice. Uh, but you just, yeah, you're, you're hoping for consistency from somewhere every week. Uh, and hopefully the jets keep getting sacks, you know, uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, but obviously it's definitely still a need for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, ideally you'd like to see Leonard Williams. I mean, it's what is it? year three, year four for Leonard Williams. Yeah, yeah. Take that step to where he can get consistent pressure off the, at, from the defensive end spot. I thought, like I said, I thought Williams played good. I thought Anderson played well. Um, that's something to look out for moving forward if those two guys can keep getting consistent pressure not only in in passing situations but also being able to to stuff the run um it it it, it essentially it takes away not takes away but it lessens the need for that for that edge rusher but yeah, yeah like you said there needs to be some form of consistency from the edge um brandon Copeland and frankie louvo having good games like i said is fun but if we don't know where we're going to get that pass rush going into each game, that's a little frustrating. Um, special teams wasn't as great as it was Monday night. Um, I think Andre Roberts had four yards returning on the punts. Um, the Jets, the Jet, on the defensive side of special teams, they gave up some long returns to Miami. Um, but yeah, it, it, it seemed like they came back to, to earth after having that punt return for a touchdown. Which, by the way you can't expect these things to happen every single week. True. (laughs) Like it's, it hadn't happened in years for the Jets. It's not all of a sudden going to turn into, you know, five kick returns for touch as much as we'd like it to be. It's just not going to happen. So you got to take the good with the bad. Um, final thoughts on this game. I think Jets fans needed this game. They, They needed to come back down to earth after almost putting a 50 spot up on the lions. Ideally you'd like to see them come back to earth with a win. Uh, maybe a sloppy win and not losing twenty to twelve against a, a division opponent in your home opener, but maybe this is maybe this is a good thing moving forward. Um, final thoughts on this, Dan? Yeah, I think uh, like you said, it
0: was a it was a necessary game. It was it was medicine. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and I do like the players' mindsets afterwards. Um, obviously people just, you know, always tweet positive things or things they you know, it would be nice for people to hear, but, uh, it was good to know that, uh, you know, the players weren't kind of like, Oh man, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's last year all over again. They're kind of <laughs> like, you know, yeah, this happened. We got to kind of move on. We got to get focused on Thursday cause it's a short week, you know? And, uh, yeah, they're, they're accepting of the responsibility. They're, you know, willing to learn from what they did wrong and you know what they didn't do as well. Um, there's not like they're not fighting fans on Twitter or anything like that. <laughs> uh, you know, they're they're a little more focused than I feel like they were in previous years. So you just hope that uh, you know they're they're they can learn from this. You know, I feel like one thing that uh, Darnold seems to to do well is really pick up on what he's doing wrong or uh, the areas he needs to improve on pretty quickly like you know fumbles uh you know fumbles in the pocket because he's holding the ball too loosely and all of a sudden you see now every single time he's running he's getting outside the pocket he has two hands on the ball. You know, like that's that's something that players take, you know, a long time to do. Uh but he picked it up pretty quick uh because, you know, it was important and he worked on it. So you just hope that all the young players on this team kinda have that mindset uh, and they, you know, they can improve. Um, and, you know, some of the veterans too need to, need to improve. They need to have better penalty discipline and things like that. So, yeah, I think uh, this is a great potential learning tool for them. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see if they can, they can build on it.
1: Yeah. Last thing before we go, uh, short week taking on Cleveland Thursday night football, Dan, what can what what can we expect from from the jets coming in against a team that hasn't won a game in almost 2 years
0: <laughs> yeah so i feel like they have the jets have pretty good memories in, with with cleveland in uh recent times uh but i think uh i think it's going to be a tough game i think the <laughs> i feel like the energy from the browns team is kind of like uh <laughs> it's like a really frustrated little like child in that like they, they nothing's going their way and you get really frustrated, um, you know, and that's when a kid's like kind of at this point where you don't know what to expect from them. Like it's either they're going to like throw a tantrum, you know, writhe around on the floor, they might throw something at you, they might like break something in their room, you know, they might, <laughs> like you just don't know what to expect from it. And I think that's kind of where the Browns are, uh, where they're just like, you know, we, we I think we hate losing. Like, it seems like they're kind of collectively coming to that understanding <laughs> of like, you know, it can't really be this way. Like, how are we still like this? Uh, you know, and uh, I think that might make them a little bit dangerous. But I, I still think that uh, the main advantage is the fact that they still have Hugh Jackson as their head coach. Uh, I know Jets fans are consistently mad with Todd Bowles, but there is a large gap between him and <laughs> Hugh Jackson. And I think that is going to be the difference uh on thursday what do you think
1: yeah i mean tyrod always seems to give the jets fits um with just his versatility being a runner um throwing the ball not so much but just his ability to 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 escape the pocket and create uh big runs for himself i think the jets are gonna be good against the run The, the cleveland has no clue what they're doing with their running back system right now um duke johnson duke johnson is their most like elusive back and He hasn't really done much of anything to start the year. Um, Carlos Hyde really doesn't strike fear in me. Um, A guy, I mean, I'm really not going to go out on a limb here. A guy to be worried about on offense is Jarvis Landry, only because he has the ability to turn these 10-yard routes that he gets into 20, 30-yard gains, which is something the Jets are going to have to keep him in front of them. Um, Obviously, Josh Gordon is not there anymore. Uh, He's with the Patriots now, unfortunately. But... (laughs) The Jets are also going to have to block a guy by the name of Mar- Miles Garrett, who, Oof. for as good as Cameron Wake and as good as Robert Quinn are, Miles Garrett is a whole different beast. Um, first play of the game last year, Miles Garrett gets his, his first sack against against this Jets offensive line. So yep. they're going to have to. This offensive line is going to have to show up. They're going to have to play better. They're going to have to limit the penalties uh, on defense. You're just going to. You're going to have to contain Tyrod. That's really all it comes down to. Um, but, yeah, I think – let's let's get the, let's get a prediction before we sign off. What is your prediction? The Browns are, are favored by three in this one.
0: So I think that uh, <laughs> it's a short week, so there's going to be a lot of sloppiness going on. I think there's going to be uh, a little bit of uh, poor execution going on. Um, but I think that the Jets will put a good amount of points up on the board. Uh, I think they're going to win 31-24. Mm. What do you think? What, what's your prediction going into
1: Thursday? Yeah, I, I would like... It's going to be fun to see Darnold on... I mean, this is the vaunted, quote-unquote vaunted, third game in 11 days for right. for the rookie QB. <laughs> I mean, he's done pretty fine with the two games in, in six days or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on this one. I think there's going to be a good amount of points scored because of the short week. Uh, I'm in the range of you. I'm going to go Jets 30... I'm going to go Jets 34... Um Cleveland twenty four. Ooh. Yeah. I like F- that. Feel <laughs> feeling a little feisty over here. Um but yeah, Dan, thanks for uh for joining me today. Uh we're we're co hosting, we're pinch hitting for of course for the boss as he uh <laughs> as he welcomes the uh the newest member of T O J to the family. Yes, sir. Um so we wish Joe uh and his family all the best moving forward. Hopefully, uh hopefully the little one gets to experience a a lot more happiness with the Jets than we have. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, go follow the, uh, the, the turn on the jets, Instagram at turn on the jets, underscore I G. Um, Dan, I know you have a a podcast.
0: Yeah. Buck the trend. Uh, we had to skip a little bit last week. Uh, there's a lot going on in my life. Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) how dare you, (laughs) but we will be back. We will be back. Uh, I'm covering defensive linemen for the next episode, and as a former defensive lineman, I am very excited for this episode uh, because I just love talking defensive linemen. I love talking the big boys on defense. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. Um, And, yeah, shout out to uh, everything else that's coming up this week. It's a short week, but we're still trying to get in all of our, uh, you know, all the weekly articles, all the game day stuff um and there's there's pods and articles flying around
1: right yeah yeah left and right uh it's it's a fun time at turn on the jets uh especially when you have the qb everyone seems to be in better spirits even after losses so yeah we're going to keep this train rolling throughout the uh, entire year you can follow me on twitter at greg armstrong underscore um you can send in all of your your hate mail about how i'm <laughs> not as good as joe at hosting the turn on the jets podcast um dan Absolutely where can the people false. find you on twitter uh, you can find me at Jets and Joloff. Uh,
0: Jets and J-O-L-L-O-F. Uh, I recently changed that, and I've been – I don't think I've plugged it once. I think maybe one time on the pod, so I'm just completely failing to uh, <laughs> advertise myself.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh,
0: yeah, yeah Joe- definitely,
1: definitely give me a follow. <laughs> <laughs> Joe will be back next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening.